this point, I'd invite Diana Brandenburg forward. She's going to lead us in our scripture text for today. Thanks, Diana. And let's actually, uh, let's pray this prayer together as in response to the spoken word. You can do that, Kathy. I saw you popped it up there. Here we go. Blessed Lord, You have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you, the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Typically we would do that after the Lectio Divina, which we are not doing today, because we have so much good packed into this service today. So many blessings here today. So I'm going about my day And I get the text. And in an instant, my heart starts pounding. My mind goes kind of blurry and I feel just like a tension in the back of my neck and all throughout my body. The person that I love so dearly, a family member, has relapsed. Wow. The overwhelm. The panic. The fear. The anger. The frustration in that moment of just being totally sideswiped when things were going so well. You may not have had an experience like that, but you've had many moments, maybe even today, where you're taken off guard, where things are troubling to you and you don't know what to do. You feel scared, you feel angry, you feel sad, you feel hopeless, you feel overwhelmed. Has any, have any of you felt that way? Maybe yes. I would think so. Because that's what it means to be human. Now, the question is, what do you turn to in that moment? What brings you comfort? What brings you hope? What renews your strength after being taken off, uh, taken off your center? Think about what you turn to in that moment. That's what you turn to for refuge. So I'll be honest with you, for me, oftentimes I take refuge, I find comfort or strength 
and my ability to understand the problem and to defend myself. Boundary. Putting up a new boundary. Changing my behavior. Going to do something else. Going to try something different. Maybe I'll read a new book. Shared that quite often. (laughs) Oftentimes, I take refuge in my own strength. My understanding. My capacity to take care of myself. Can anybody relate to that? So what's the problem with turning to yourself as a refuge? It's exhausting. (laughs) I mean, it is exhausting and it leads you to a place of burnout or maybe perpetual anger or fear about what's going to happen. Why aren't people doing the things that I would like them to do? I mean, it is just utterly exhausting to turn to ourselves as a refuge. Friends, I'm sure that you have needed refuge and still need it because humans need... Humans need, as a basic requirement of living life, a place to take refuge. It's a requirement for us, for life. We always need a place to take refuge. And that's what David is saying the Lord can be for us. So the first time he talks about uh, taking refuge, this line. David says, the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their refuge in the time of trouble. There's an assumption there that we will have a time of trouble. That we're going to encounter not just one, not just a, one period of trouble, but many times of trouble throughout our lives. And typically they're extended times of trouble. That's a given. And that the Lord can be a place of refuge. This word, this time that David uses a refuge here is actually a noun. It's a Hebrew noun, meaning a literal place. It's like a mountain. You see, the, <laughs> you see this picture? Who's this excited guy right here? <laughs> that was the first time I'd ever seen the mountains was that trip that Gina and I took to visit friends in uh, Carbondale, Colorado. Amazing place. And what I felt when we saw the mountains was just this renewed perspective of my life. Like, wow, life is just so much bigger than my experience in day-to-day life. And I felt this kind of power within, like, wow. And God made these mountains. And that same God loves me and cares for me and is there for me in every moment of my life. You know, it's just this incredible experience when I went to a place. Okay, so it makes sense? Now, the first time, David says it's a, uh, a refuge. God is a refuge is a place of overwhelming awe and wonder place that shifts your perspective. But the second time, David refers to a, take to a refuge as a verb. He says, God helps them and rescues them, rescues them from the wicked and saves them because, because, this is why God does all those things, because they take refuge in Him. So the second time David uses this word is as a verb. The opportunity is there, but you have to take it. So humans need a place of refuge, but humans, because we like to do things our own way, because of our sinful nature, because of the fall, we oftentimes choose other refuges. Is that a word? (laughs) We choose other places of refuge rather than God. We may think about God as a refuge. We like that as I'm explaining, oh, God as a refuge, they say, well, that sounds really nice. Like your favorite destination that you would pick out for your next vacation. But not actually receiving the effects of taking refuge in God. 
So think of it like this. Maybe on days when the, the work day is just getting long or you're kind of feeling anxiety and, or loneliness at home, you start to think about where's the next place that I'm going to go on a vacation. Because on vacation, we uh, experience renewal, right? We get a new perspective on our life. Sometimes we get uh, renewal. So what, what would you say if I said, well, I'm, I've spent an entire year looking at all the great Airbnbs of all the places I would like to go for a vacation, but I didn't actually take the vacation. You would say, well, you might want to decide to just take it. <laughs> you might want to go on the vacation because just planning that time of renewal is not going to actually renew your spirits. Sometimes it can offer us hope, saying, okay, one day I'll get there. So we can't just think about taking refuge in God. We actually have to take it. We can't just uh, plan that renewing vacation. We actually have to take it. Jesus says it like this. Jesus says in uh, Matthew 11, Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens. Notice that Jesus knows that we need a place to take refuge. That we need a break from life from the busyness of life, from the stress of life, from the disappointment and hurt of life. Come to me and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. A refuge. Jesus is a refuge, but an action that we need to take. We need to come to Jesus We need to come to the Lord and experience Him as a refuge. So we don't take refuge in the Lord because other things and other people offer us a false sense of refuge. I don't have it with me. But when we pull out this thing out of our pocket and start doing this, we're taking refuge in our phone. You see it in young children and and teenagers that have devices. When they feel nervous or anxious, Okay, life is too much for me right now. I'm going to take out my phone and take refuge in that thing. But we take refuge in all sorts of other things. Maybe, you know, don't take it personally. Think of whatever you take refuge in. We take refuge in some kind of break through technology. Maybe through most destructive is taking a break through drugs and alcohol. Taking a break... Uh, from the rest of our life through excessive amounts of television and especially the news. We take a break through talking about other people rather than saying, I'm overwhelmed, I'm scared, I'm hurt, I need refuge. We say, can you believe what Todd did? It's easier for me to talk about Todd than it is for me to own my feelings and say, I need help from Jesus. We also take refuge in an excessive focus on our stuff, accumulating things, or working excessively on projects, or just trying to stay busy. So that seems counterintuitive, right? (laughs) But busyness becomes the thing that we take refuge in. To say, I'm overwhelmed with life, so I'm going to do more in life. Doesn't really make sense, does it, when you take some perspective on it? These are some of the things that we might think are a refuge, but really all they are are hobbies or maybe a break. David says when we take 
refuge in the Lord. This is what He does for us. When we take refuge in the Lord, He will save us. Meaning He will deliver us. He will give us the strength and the capacity to face our problems. Not just retreat from them, but to face them with courage and competence. Compassion for others. He will rescue us. David says a a refuge is intended to be a place where we are renewed with greater clarity of who God is, of what God says about us, and we receive the grace to keep moving forward, pressing into our challenges, pressing into them rather than hiding from them, rather than taking the focus off of ourselves and putting it on somebody else. So Isaiah helps us understand this phenomenon as well in a different way. Hopefully you recognize this text. If you don't, it's a really good one. Isaiah in chapter 40 says, The Lord gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary and the young will fall exhausted. Okay, we need a refuge. We need help. We need someone other than us to help us. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles and they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Do you notice what Isaiah did not say? Those who are super well educated will soar like eagles. Those who are really tough and self-assured and self-confident will soar like eagles. No. No, Isaiah says those who wait on the Lord, those who turn to Him as a refuge, they will be the ones who are renewed. They will be the ones who have strength to face even the worst, the most unimaginable circumstances They will be the ones. A refuge is a place where we are reminded of our belovedness and renewed in our identity in Christ. Equipped and empowered to go back out into the world. I have to be really honest with you for a second. As if I wasn't already. (laughs) Lord, take away this honesty from me. (laughs) You know, I'm reading this text this week and I'm uh, letting God speak to my heart through it and I I say, okay, it makes a lot of sense, you know. The Lord is refuge. But uh, watching a a video on uh, the Holocaust and the atrocities of what was done to the the Jewish people and then, so I say, well, what's a refuge for them? You know, as your home is taken away. Or then I also look at what's happening in Florida. Actually, I have a classmate, a friend who... Uh, lives in southwest Florida, and he sent an email that said this is just unimaginable what's happening. It's all gone. Where's the refuge for them? Those churches are probably gone as well. Where's the refuge for them? What are we supposed to do in those times? What does God say about that? Well, friends, we are living in a time where we must come face to face with this element of our faith that our faith is not just a natural faith. Our faith is a supernatural faith. We believe in a risen Christ. Not just one on paper or that lives in this building but nowhere else. So friends, what we see is that deliverance from God, refuge in God was never meant to be just a place 
Deliverance and refuge comes from a person. And we call him Jesus. Do you believe that today? If we're going to have a faith that endures throughout whatever we face today or this week or for the rest of your life, we have to reclaim this supernatural component of our faith. Because otherwise, we will just be completely run down and worn out by the disasters and the atrocities that we see unfolding before us. How could we possibly take refuge in a God that is confined by buildings or confined by our understanding of what's happening in our lives and how we can control it or manipulate it? We can't. That faith is hopeless, friends. Paul says that we are in Christ. Those who are baptized in the faith are in Christ. So that's actually the way that Paul uses that language is a, it's a, what's called a locative statement or a locative statement. It means Paul's saying that's a location that we are now. We're dying to ourselves continually and we are located with Christ, meaning He is with us always, everywhere, no matter what we face. No matter if we were in prisons for our faith or if a natural disaster came and swept this building away, what would we do? Well, I would hope that we would open the Word and we would praise God and worship and maybe hold one another and cry and let our emotions out and in that experience, we would take refuge in God. So, how do we do that? Okay, well, one thing that I've realized throughout um, the last year or so, I've learned a lot about all the things of the faith. Okay, and, I, and, and because of my experience in burnout of trying to rely too much upon my own understanding and strength, I, I continued to say, well, I need a, I'm going to join a group or I'm going to read a book or I'm going to learn some more things or I'm going to talk about what's happening. What I realized by the grace of God in August is that I spend way more time talking about God as a refuge than I actually do of taking refuge in God. So a simple, relatable way of this is saying, uh, I spent more time talking about prayer and reading the Bible than I did of actually just you know, falling to my knees and saying, Lord, I need you right now. This is, this is way too hard for me. This is way too big for me. Can you relate to that? It's sort of like saying the Airbnb. Well, I can't wait to be in my time of prayer. I can't wait to go on that vacation. I can't wait till the Lord does something in my life, but then not being willing to just bare your soul to Jesus. To say, no, I need to stop what I'm doing right now and just cry out to God. Or take this moment to read the Bible uh, by myself or hopefully with others. What I've noticed is that taking refuge in the Lord is more of an action of the will. It's an inner choice that we make and nobody else can make that choice for you but you. It's an action of the heart rather than any habit or routine. Surrendering your emotions and your problems to God and seeing what He does. So the ideal reaction or response throughout your day, throughout your trouble, is an inward turn to God. You get that text message like I described. Rather than me saying, okay, what boundary am I going to put up? Or who am I going to call and talk to about this? Or what podcast am I going to listen to? I just turn to God inwardly 
decision of the will and heart, and I say, God, this hurts. I'm really mad right now. I'm really hurting. I'm really scared. But God, I trust you. But God, I know that you are still God over everything in my life. Say, God, uh, I need you. And then to have enough self-compassion to say that it's okay that we feel that way. And we believe that God will come to us during that time as we seek refuge in Him, as we take refuge in Jesus. So, coming to church is immensely important. Don't get me wrong. It is immensely important that you are here. Uh, because we create a regular moment to take refuge in the Lord. A weekly moment. But so are these other moments of reading Scripture and prayer. Devotionals. Not just, you know, whenever we feel like it, but every day. This is a moment that we take refuge in the Lord. All moments of intention for us. If taking refuge in the Lord is a decision of the will, we have to create space for that to happen. I can't expect to... Uh, get in great shape if I never go to the rec center. <laughs> I mean, I could. I could get a home gym. I tried it. doesn't work. <laughs> Receiving communion, like we're about to do, is also a moment of intention when we bring our hearts forward and say, Lord, we need You for refuge, for renewal, and for forgiveness. But the truth is, we can experience God as a refuge all throughout the day and all throughout the night. We don't need all of these things. They're helpful. They create a rhythm within us that we can rely upon during times of difficulty, like a muscle memory. But we can turn to God all throughout the day and all throughout the night. There have been many sleepless nights for quite a while now in my house. For me especially. (laughs) And for Gina. And I've started to just pull the covers over my shoulders and say, Lord, You are my refuge. Right now, I'm safe and I'm loved. And You will be there no matter what happens in my life. Friends, you can do that at any moment and any day. You don't have to be here. It helps. But you don't have to be here saying just, Lord, You are my refuge. I believe You will deliver me. I believe that You are with me, that You will comfort me, that You will give me strength. So friends, I invite you Come to Him. Christ our Lord, He is the refuge. The refuge that your soul craves. He is the one, the only one, who can be there for you at all times. And He will give you rest, renewal, courage, purpose, and conviction that we need to soar like eagles. Amen. Before we take uh, Holy Communion, let's